0: Welcome to the weekly Dharma Talk podcast from the Columbus Karma Karmateksum Choling Buddhist Meditation Center. This week's Dharma Talk is entitled, Rearising and Renewal, KTC Comes Home, by Lama Kathy Wesley. In this first Dharma Talk after the opening of the new KTC Center, Lama Kathy will talk about how the KTC and its members have grown in the last few years and will lead us through a short meditation to bless and empower our new practice space. If you like our Dharma Talk series, please consider donating to Columbus Karma Texam Choling at columbusktc.org. Enjoy the podcast.
1: It was just like yesterday. It was just like yesterday. And it was about a week after the fire had destroyed the building here at KCC. And we were all together in a room, a little smaller than this one, at the McConnell Arts Center in Worthington. And um, I remember feeling the room uh, and feeling the, the mixture of sadness and uncertainty that, were, that was in the air. And the damaged flag that had been taken from the top of the building, hanging in the back of the room, as a symbol of continuity. And I remember the light. There was so much light coming in the windows. Sunlight, it was very bright. And I remember not totally knowing what to say in the moment. And I walked everyone through the building in their imagination. And I had everyone walk with me as we went in the front doors of the old building. Went in the front doors, walked up those um, crazily steep steps, or maybe they were just too narrow, I don't know. Walk up those steps, take off one's shoes at the base of the steps, walk up the steps, walk into the shrine room, walk around through the library, look at the the three shrines that we had in the room, walk out, go downstairs, take a a gander, at the community room, all those little rooms to the side, which the previous church had used as Sunday school rooms, but were now in varying stages of clutter and disrepair. <laughs> and walk through all of those, go into that kitchen with the kitchen table and where we all sat and drank coffee and had meetings and so forth. And I encouraged everyone to take a moment to um, love that building in their minds, to love that building as much as they could, and then to dissolve it into light. Dissolve it into five-colored light and to absorb it into their hearts. And I said, it will remain there in our hearts until the time comes for us to bring it out again. And uh, we're not there exactly yet, so I may have to tell a story first. I may have to tell a story first. First of all, I'm incredibly indebted to everyone who's here today. And I'm incredibly grateful for everything that has come to bring us here today together in this room. And um, uh, I would like to acknowledge uh, all of uh, Kim Miracle and all of the people who have served uh, on the uh, board here at KTC who for the last six years have tirelessly worked to make this building a reality that we are now sitting in today. Uh, and I just can't thank you enough um, because it's not easy to do something like this. And I will get back to that in another minute. But um, when I was walking with someone, maybe even a person in this room last week, they said it's almost like this place manifested by magic. It It just arose by magic. And I said, you know, there are moments when we felt that way too, but other moments when it was really hard. But we're still incredibly grateful to be here on this particular day. And so what I'm going to do today is give a little bit of a Dharma talk and um, a little bit of a reminiscence. It's gonna be a mixture of both of those kinds of presentations. Uh, But to begin with, it would be really good to start with a prayer. Um, I did not, uh, I do not have a copy of what you have on your uh, cushion, so if I could get a copy, that'd be awesome. Thank you very much. It's like, thank you, Lama. It's like, I love it. Okay, very good. So um, the refuge prayer on this page represents um, what we're here to do, which is to recall our Buddha nature and to conduct our thoughts, words, and actions as a way of bringing that out. And so um, hearing you all recite it together in English now is gonna be a good feeling. Let's recite uh, the four-line refuge prayer three times in English, to offer our goodness to this space and to this moment we have together. In the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Assembly, most excellent, I take refuge until I reach enlightenment. By the merit of generosity and other good deeds, may I attain enlightenment for the sake of all beings, In the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Assembly Most Excellent, I take refuge until I reach enlightenment. By the merit of generosity and other good deeds, may I achieve enlightenment for the sake of all beings. In the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Assembly Most Excellent, I take refuge until I reach enlightenment. By the merit of generosity and other good deeds, May I achieve enlightenment for the sake of all beings. I'm going to say a short prayer asking for the blessing of the teachers of the lineage. (laughs) Kusun Tuging to soul Thank you. Uh, so, the story. Relatively, um, every story has a beginning, middle, and end. So this one has a beginning, middle, and end also. We'll start there at the beginning, the windows at the McConnell Art Center, and uh, how much light was coming in that day. We remembered it, in fact, people commented on how much light was in the room and how they liked that. And so light was in our minds. And so when all of the important work needed to be done, uh, we had this sense that we were about something really amazing that would help the entire community. We canvassed the community and asked them what they wanted in a new building. Because Kempo Karta Rinpoche, on the day of the fire, while uh, Kim was standing across the street, across Grub Street, um, she called him and said, it's burning down, and Kempo Kartharibache, through his nephew, Lama Karma Jodul, said, Don't be sad, rebuild. And so that was our first instruction. So our story starts with a a quest, a mission. And then like all good quest stories, we set about gathering all of the tools we needed for our quest. We got together in groups and asked everybody what they wanted and we found out what people were interested in in terms of the building, what features that the building needed to have. And uh, about a week after the fire, I called uh, Keith Spruce, an architect living in Wisconsin, who was a, a Dharma practitioner, and I said, you busy? And he said, not particularly. Why? And I said, well, I have a, an exercise for you to do. Can you show us how to make a building with the features that have been requested on this site? A former building official in the, for the city of Milwaukee, he said, I'll give it my best. And in about seven more days, we had the original design for this building. Meanwhile, Kemp Ocarth and gave us our second mission. Oh, by the way, make it bigger. Make it bigger. We had 5,000 square feet on two floors in the old building. So Keith went about figuring out how we would create this room, how we'd create this building. And believe it or not, this is his original design everything except the interior of this room, which he envisioned but didn't quite plan. And the only thing that was different were those windows and those windows. The windows were on the corners because he wanted it to look like the Unity Temple in Chicago, one of Frank Lloyd Wright's most famous pieces of architecture. We didn't quite go that far because we wanted light. So we have light and I love it. And I hope all of you do too. But it's really interesting, isn't it? The first two weeks after the building, the design was handed to us and here it is. Sadly, Keith could not complete the design because he was not licensed in the state of Ohio. But, um, but we did find an architect who took all of Keith's work and built upon it to create the building we are in today. Um, Kempo um vision was a little different from the original architecture idea that it was supposed to be, this room was supposed to have an open ceiling and you could see the rafters. And I showed it to Rinpoche and the drawings of it and he said, no, no, no. We're going to have the four pillars and the eight beams. Four pillars symbolize the four noble truths. Suffering's part of life, suffering has a cause, suffering has a solution, and the path. And then the eightfold noble path of right thought, intention, action, livelihood, and all the rest. And so it came to be this way. About a week before Kemper Rinpoche passed away, maybe two weeks before Kempa Rinpoche passed away, I happened to run into Keith Spruce at KTD Monastery. And um, we talked about the project and where we stood, and I mentioned Rinpoche's uh, desire for the pillars and beams, and he said that he understood, and so forth and so on. Well, the next day, he got a chance to see Kemper Rinpoche, and Rinpoche, not knowing that he was not working on the project, said, please, promise me. Promise me it will have the pillars and beams. And Keith said, oh, yes, sir. It will be just as you wish. We will do it just as you wish, and he was very satisfied with that. So um, having designed the building, he gave satisfaction to our teacher, which makes me really happy. And so besides the design, there was money, and we had to work on money. Money was hard. We got a really great settlement from the insurance company um, we will continue to sing the praises of Church Mutual Insurance because they were really there for us when we needed them. And they gave us a great settlement. It was enough to start with. It was about $700,000, plus or minus. And, uh, and then people started giving us money, and Kemper Pache started giving us um, his advice, and uh, he said, I wish I had some money to give you. I just gave it all away when I went to India to see His Holiness Karmapa. <laughs> So we said, okay, we'll help help this out. But later, he he donated um, many, many, many of his treasures uh, to an auction, a special auction that raised more than $50,000 for us. He was just amazing. And there were moments when we just didn't know whether this thing was really gonna happen or not, and it did take six years, after all. But uh, I consider that to be two three-year retreats in administrative terms. Um, I told Kim and the other board members, I told Kim and the other board members uh, that uh, they were undergoing a a three-year retreat just in administrative affairs. And they were still getting a lot of merit. They were still getting a lot of merit. It was just being uh, accumulated in a slightly different way. So... um, as most things go in, uh, in Dharma teachings, they talk about bardo, or in-between periods, and so we were in a sort of bardo, an in-between period, and it's said that halfway through the bardo, the bardo being, the being that is going through that change, will begin to lose the shape that they previously had and take on the shape that they're going to have. And I could feel that moment somewhere around 2018, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I said to myself, I, I feel like there's a shift coming. And sure enough, somewhere around 2018, there was a shift. And, um, and things began to take this shape. And uh, so that's how this part of the project came to be. Meanwhile, Kemp Rinpoche and everyone else was praying for us diligently. And in fact, we had people in this community praying for us. That was what they could do, that was what they could offer. And, uh, and it was just an amazing situation to have so many people on our side, on our team, praying with us and for us. I really felt at every turn that it was actually prayer that made the money come, that made it rain down. And there were moments when it actually did sort of rain down. Somewhere, we received an amazing gift uh, of, a, you know, of a piece of property that we sold and made money on. It just kept coming, the, the money just kept falling. Never enough but plenty, and as you see in the building reflected today, there's quite a bit here that we were able to fund and do from the wish list. In fact, I think virtually everything that people asked for, we were able to accomplish. And um, and so, as we're at this end of the Bardo, of becoming, going from one form to another. Um, we had one tragedy uh, befall us, and that was that Kemp Rinpoche passed away in 2019. And, um, and it's a shame in a way that he didn't get to see this part, but Lama Karma assured us that Rinpoche, from his, um, his vantage point in the pure realm of Amitabha, the pure realm of Sukhavati or Dewachen, however you like to say it. He sees us and he knows that it's it's all gone to plan. It's all happened the way he wanted. And so what we have now is a vessel. We have an amazing vessel. And this room, those of you who were on the tours last summer knew that this room began to feel good even when there were scaffolding in it and the walls were open to the studs, it already felt good. And when we had the tours and we did little stand-up meditations in the room, we started um, putting energy into this room to make it a place of sanctuary, a place of refuge, a place of, of goodness. And so I wanna thank everyone who did anything whether they prayed for us or came and sat here or um, took pictures and put them on social media, ran fundraisers on social media, did everything they possibly could to make this happen. And of course, um, it's not done. I am so proud of the Shrine team for putting together the Shrine that we have here today. And so thank you to the Shrine team. Uh, You're just really, you're uh, precious to us and so thank you very much. And uh, we have a combination of, uh, of new uh, statues, old statues, and in fact, the Buddha that was through the fire. Kempokartha Rinpoche said we should use some of the items from the damaged shrine in the new one so we will always remember. And um, so that's something that is in heart and mind. And these cabinets, uh, they, they're from Lowe's. Not bad, right? These two 12-foot banks of cabinets will eventually go to the walls, and then in this place where I'm sitting will be a four-foot-tall shrine, not shrine, throne, classic Buddhist iconography, square throne with the the steps and symbolizing the four measurables and so on. And there will be a -a six-and-a-half-foot-tall statue of the Buddha Vajradhara sitting in pretty much this spot teaching seat will be in front of it. And uh, that has yet to happen. But you can kind of see the spaces there for it. The lamas will be coming sometime after the statuary arrives. It is, um, by the way, Kemper Rinpoche ordered it before he died. He he knew how to plan in advance. So he planned, and I think they're actually paid for, um, so he, he just knew what we were, we were going to need and what we were going to have need for. And so we have an image of Chenrezig and Tara coming uh, as well as the Buddha. These are five-foot-tall statues, so it's going to be really something when you see it. So there's um, plenty of places for us to raise money for in the future as the story continues. But uh, right now this story is bringing us here today. I made a, uh, I, uh, I made a joke with someone on, on the way here. One of our honorary uh, fundraising chairman, Stephen Hayes, was to have come today with his family. And uh, he was unable to come because of a circumstance. And I said, um, I said well, no, don't worry, you're in our hearts and your inner thoughts. And I promise I will name check you during the talk today. And he, <laughs> he, he has been such an amazing uh, helper to us. And uh, uh, I think I see, let's see, John? Yeah, we, went, we put on uh, uh, John Bova and, uh, and us. Uh, we went t- down to uh, his place in Dayton, and he put on a fundraiser for us and raised $10,000 through a master class that he taught in martial arts. So there are so many people, including Nanette macy Jones, the other uh, co-chair of the Columbus Museum of Art, who have had something to do with us being here today. And um, I've already mentioned the, the board members, past and present, who were instrumental in making this building and this room a reality. So um, it's, uh, yeah okay good. I wanted to see what the time was so that I could see if I had a little bit more time to say uh, one more thing before I lead us um, into the next phase of our being in this in this room. Um, there are lots of stories that we could tell about the last six years, lots of stories about ups and downs and resiliency and what we've all gained, and I'm I'm really hoping we can have a community get together sometime just to talk about where we've been and who we've been and what we've learned from being here. Um, But um, I want to say that there's a second story here, and that's the story of each one of us because uh, each one of us is in a bardo right now. I hope that's not bad news. I hope that's not too surprising. It's, the, it's called the bardo of this life. <laughs> when you talk about three bardos, there's the, the bardo of passing away, the bardo of becoming before our next life, and then the bardo of this life. And um, and so and it's this little moment between the bardo of dying and the bardo of becoming, where we actually see and experience our Buddha nature. Just that one little moment. And uh, but the good news is, you don't have to die for that to happen. During the bardo of this life, we can learn about the Dharma. We can do positive action. We can refrain from negative action. We can cultivate mindfulness. And that mindfulness can lead us to a place where we can meditate on mind itself, seeing and experiencing mind as it is right here, right now. And in that moment, we can accomplish Buddhahood on one seat. It can happen. And so right now, we're in that part of our life where we're saying, I wonder, is that something I can do? Is that something that's possible for me? Is that something that I could accomplish? But uh, the fact of the matter is uh, the Buddha nature is there. Whether we work on it or not, it's there. And it's shining like the light in this room. And uh, I mentioned this, uh, in the tours we've taken over the last week or so that we all have this light within us that is our Buddha nature and it is, um, it is shining even in our darkest moment and that light is with us now and always. It's with us now and always and it's places like this that we create that we can nurture it together and that's what's really making me happy today is that I have seen this place develop and I've seen all of you develop. So we're all on a trajectory. This place was becoming a vessel for us to practice in and we were getting ready to practice and here we are. And so we are all Buddhas in the making. And uh, in, uh, in a relative sense, our story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Just as the story of this building has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And, uh, but from, if those of you who know about the teachings of Dharma know that, uh, from the point of view of the ultimately real, we know that everything, everywhere, is always happening now. Everything, everywhere, is always happening now, and now is what we have. Now is what we have, this experience in this moment is what we have. And it's ours, and we can rest in that which is ours. We can rest in that which is uh, ultimately real. We can rest in our mind's basic nature. And this is the aim of all of our practices. This is the aim of all of our accumulation of merit. This is the aim of everything we can do to take care of ourselves and to take care of others. When we rest in the absolute, that quiet space of mind where everything is always okay, we can see a mind that is beyond arising and dispersion because that's how we experience the world, one moment at a time. There's arising, there's dispersal. There's arising, there's dispersal. But the mind as it absolutely is, the absolutely From the absolute point of view the mind is always perfect right here right now and so that's what our instructions are going to help us see our work now is to welcome each other here with love and nurture a space where we can rest in that absolute mind until that becomes true for us now always and forever And I'm hoping that in this moment we can just be together and rest together and that we have this space together and that it's here for everyone. For as long as this building lasts, there's something amazing here. And it's a source of goodness that we can't even begin to guess about because everybody's potential walks into this room. Everybody's Buddha potential walks into this room, and if they see the Buddhas in front of them, there's a resonance there. And that resonance hopefully will inspire them. I mean, and the the view from the windows doesn't hurt. When, in some Tibetan meditation cabins, there are no windows to look out on the world except windows at the top of the wall to look at the sky. Because the sky is symbolic of the absolute nature of mind to which nothing is added or detracted, it's all there. So the methods of Tibetan meditation that we teach here talk about creation and completion. And so now I will talk about the re-arising. Of our building. Those of you who are familiar with the meditation on Chenrezig, the bodhisattva of compassion, know that it begins imagining that Chenrezig is above our heads, perfect and beautiful, and that we pray to Chenrezig and we ask for his blessing, and that he then shines light upon us and transforms us from our ordinary confused selves into Chenrezig, the bodhisattva of compassion, were actually transformed into Chenrezig. And so is everyone else in the universe. And we recite Omane Peme Hong, the mantra of Chenrezig, thinking that the whole world has been transformed. And then everything dissolves into the Chenrezig above our head that then dissolves into us, and then we ourselves dissolve into utter emptiness and rest there. But the instruction says that when the first thoughts come up, when we, after we have rested, we think, I am chenresi, and we re-arise as chenresi, and then bring that love into the world. So um, the story of this building having been destroyed, and then the walkthrough that we did at the McConnell Art Center on that first Sunday, where we walked it through, I said, well, when we get to the new building, we will unfold what has been held in our hearts for these six years. So let's take a moment for that right now. Sitting quietly, we think about this space. We think about the empty lot that was here after the building was torn down. We think about all the ceremonies that were done on this land in April of 2019 to bless it. And after that, the workers coming and building it up. The concrete and the steel beginning to rise from this place. All of the wood going inside the building to create the walls. The steel roof on top of it. Each of the floors, each of the rooms, at the lowest level, all of the mechanical rooms, and the elevator, and the classroom, and the library, and that grand staircase to the first floor, and the beautiful hallways, and the gleaming facilities, the storeroom, the offices, the kitchen, the vast community room, the children 's play area, everything on that floor is gleaming and new. Up we go to the uh, the back door where we where people get into the building from the uh, from the handicapped entrance, and we keep moving up into the vestibule where people are welcomed from Rich Street from that beautiful, beautiful journey up the handicap ramp and around the stupa that was placed there in November, and then into the front door where they're greeted and where they can take off their coats and shoes, come up the grand stair, come up to the top floor, past the beautiful window, past the offices, past more facilities, and into the shrine room. And here we are, unfolding the Shrine Room from our hearts, brilliant and beautiful, the color of sunlight, the beams holding up the ceiling, and the windows open to the sky. Mentally, we offer this place. This gift that came from Kemper and love and the hard work of so many. And we offer this place to the Buddhas and the Bodhisattvas and all awakened ones. We offer it to them completely, fully, from our hearts for the benefit of suffering beings. And they smile, and they give it back to us for our use. We fill it with our meditation, our prayers, our offerings, and our blessings for the world. Let's just sit quietly for a moment and let the mind rest. So, thank you for offering the new building to the Buddhas. Kemprabhache said, when you get something new, he would tell people this when they took refuge. He would say, you can always make offerings to the Buddha Dharma and Sangha all the time. You can be doing it all the time. He says, you don't have to have a lot of money. He said, if you get something new, he said, mentally offer it to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas for the benefit of beings, and then imagine... That the buddhas and bodhisattvas give it back to you for your use. So we just did that. I hope that's good Rinpoche. I hope it's good. So um, I think that completes what I wanted to say today, uh, was to mention this and to tell you one funny little story about yesterday. you know, when Rinpoche passed away, we were really worried about how things would go for us because we really missed his wisdom and his goodness. But we also kind of missed the fact that he was really good at fundraising. <laughs> okay, so it's a little selfish, right? I mean, he really was. It was like money just came to him. I don't know, how, I don't know what how, you know, what kind of merit he must have accumulated in previous lifetimes to be such a magnet for resources. But he, he was a, an amazing individual. And I wondered, you know, how would we do? And I got, uh, I got a wink from him yesterday. He winked at me yesterday. Because someone in this room handed me an amulet yesterday. Out of nowhere... I consider it a gift from Rinpoche because it was a little bit of a wink. On the front of the amulet carved in gemstone was um, Namtose, the uh, Zambala, the bodhisattva of wealth. And on the inside, also carved in gemstone, was an image of Manjushri, the bodhisattva of wisdom. And I said, you're winking at us. You're telling us, you're telling us that we have the potential to do what, we, what you have done, and that you're asking us to continue your work. And that was why I was inspired to give all the volunteers pins with Rinpoche's pictures on it today. Because uh, I felt like that gift, he was winking at us and telling us we were going to be OK. So um, I think that's all I think I should say. Um, but I do want to um, I do want to because we actually have a question microphone, I'm like, I'm, I just can't believe. I walked into the room today, and it was like nothing had changed. It's like it. It's like the past is present. It's happening now. You know, and so uh, if anybody would like to come up and say anything or to ask a question, the 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 the, the mic is live. I think, right, guys? Mr. Soundman. Okay, he's got to he's got to uh, do something to it here. All right. Ah, there's some things that never change. Testing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I love it. I love it. so I just want to say thank you to to you, Lama kathy, Lama Tom, Lama Adam, and kim and and all the board. Um, this is this is amazing. Um, i I don't think. it's it's hard to fathom how many details went into this how many decisions kim kim knows most of them right right the color of the paint the carpet i mean i was sitting here thinking the sound in this room is unbelievable it's just it's you know so easy to hear uh so clear and all that takes so much effort and uh Thank you. you Bless you.
1: Yeah. No. Thank you for that. And I, you know, Lama Adam knows where where all of the um, all of the little details of the sound system are. And and he and Don worked with um, Eric Van Wagner to uh, create the sound in this room. The sound design is just beyond the beyond. I had another professional musician come up to me yesterday saying, "Oh my gosh," you know. He said I couldn't. He says, "Of course, I was listening to what you were saying, but that sound." (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know. And it's all an offering, right? I mean, it's people have offered their expertise in every fathomable area. Lama Karma uh, uh, told Kim uh, in 2019, when he and the Lamas came for the ceremonies that we should write a book, right? And, there, and what was the name of one of the chapters? What to do when you don't know what to do. <laughs> what, what to do when you don't know what to do. So, and that's—I I mean, there there are there are dozens and dozens of people whose expertise went into creating this. And uh, in fact, I have to I have to do a shout out to the framing crew, because I mean, um, the the interior of this room was not designed. They, because we didn't want the original design with the open rafters and stuff, so it, it never really gelled, and so it was put together at the last minute by the framing crew with Danny Karst, the superintendent, and Matt Roop, the engineer. And uh, and I think it's just amazing. And then the lighting design was uh, by Tim Stanforth, and, uh, and I think it's just it's beyond. And the color is Susan Parker's choice. Eight different shades of paint. I kid you not eight different tries of paint to get this color, and she designed it, so it's beautiful. So I mean, it's like everybody put something in it. So it's like, thank you, Kim, this is like so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a picture of us that, that I really treasure, and that was during the, um, this was during the uh, blessing ceremonies for this land because the Tibetans believe, as the Native Americans believe, that there are spirits living in the community and that we want to be good neighbors, so we make offerings to them and ask for their cooperation in helping us with the, the presentation and dharma. And, um, and there's a picture of the two of us standing by the fire. Those of you who remember, I know, Chuck, you were building the fire, right? And so, you know, and we just were standing there together and it just makes me so happy because it's like, yes, we're putting some blessings into the ground into the land and so it's it's so lovely thank you it's like it's like this is uh, really really something and anyway other things that people want to ask about i you know i don't know uh, much of anything else but if you have anything you'd like to add or say that's good too By the way, did you know the KTD Monastery has adopted uh, our method of questioning, question asking? Instead of uh, calling on people from the floor, they just have them stand in line. They call
2: it Columbus style. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I think you already did this, but I was thinking about um, all the donors, big and small. You know, just from our initial GoFundMe um, that Marcus ran, and then I've had many friends and family in my life who aren't here today, but who gave um, through our various fundraisers. And then I know we have people globally um, because of Rinpoche's um, magnetism, but um, who helped make this possible today. So just thanks to whether it was a dollar or whatever it was, um, to all the donors worldwide who made this happen. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a feeling of satisfaction being here today with all of you and, um, and a feeling of great promise. One of the things I did today when I first got here was I... I uh, walked down to the library where Lama Adam was meeting with the library team. And uh, to see the incredible collection that they have already put together and cataloged is just really uh, amazing. And uh, they are uh, continuing to work on this. And then also, uh, after. Um, and this, this morning, Lama Tom did me a huge favor because I, for, I forgot what I was supposed to be doing at nine o'clock this morning, and you took care of it for me uh, to, to lead the Nundro group today. Somehow I was distracted. So thank you so much. I rely on you guys, and I wanna thank you for being here while I was losing my mind. <laughs> um, which is probably still in progress, but Well, if there's, um... now Kim, is there anything you'd like to share?
3: You know, I just want to do a special shout out to Lama Kathy, who was my partner in crime. She's giving me some credit here, but really it's, uh, Lama Kathy was here also every Every step along the way, every meeting, phone call, Zoom, text—we did it all. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just uh, just want to thank her for all her guidance and support, not only from uh, just creating the building, but her, you know, encouragement and and spiritual guidance to not only me but to everyone here to hang in there and keep going. And and uh, it's really, I think, just such a milestone today to mark our very first Dharma talk in the Shrine Room. And, uh, and uh, so it's, uh, I'm just uh, very filled with gratitude and appreciation and love for, for Lama Cathy and for all of you and for everyone who helped make this, this really dream of having a new home come true. So thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Kemper Impeche, the first time, I mentioned this to the library people this morning, the first time that Kemper Rinpoche said to me, you are my representative, I kind of froze up. I mean, because it was like, wow, and then it was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> you know, it was this this moment of both like, wow, that's really cool, and then like, oh my gosh, I'm responsible. <laughs> uh, but the, the fact of the matter is that um, he, he knew he couldn't be everywhere, and so uh, he wanted us to all learn how to do this. And uh, you know, being him is like not possible, but um, being able to um, to walk in his footsteps, you know, and to and to sort of just be the person he wants me to be. Uh, I'm not there yet, uh, but I think we're all in that boat, right? Well, I'd like to. Uh, close this because I'm looking at the time with um, a short meditation. I think that um, what we've been doing the last um, few days has been pinching ourselves a bit and also um, thinking about the work that's to come. And did I tell you there are um, clipboards out there to sign up for volunteer jobs? Did I I mention that? Um, That was just, I've been talking about it for like two days. But, um, but if you want to volunteer, we have lots of opportunities for that, you know, so. Um, and I thank you for all of your service uh, in the past and that is coming in the future. And that's why uh, my talk last week was on the servant's heart because that was what Rinpoche said to me that was so remarkable. He said, uh, we were standing in the office at KTD and he said, I'm, I'm over 90 years old, he said, and I have never lost my enthusiasm for serving his holiness in the Dharma. And it's like, wow, I want, to, I want to be like that when I grow up. Okay, so um, I know that you've uh, already done some sitting this morning, so this will be about five minutes of sitting. Sorry for the folks watching at home, uh, it'll be a little quiet. Um, but I'd like to invite everybody to add uh, their energy and blessing to this room with a, a short meditation. Allowing our minds to rest and to come back to the breath again and again. And in coming back to the breath, coming home to our real home, our our Buddha nature. His eminence, Thay Sitya said the best moment of the meditation is right at the end. He said, when you finish your meditation, he said, don't just jump up and do something. Take a moment and get up slowly and arise slowly from your meditation, you know? And so uh, I was just thinking, this is the theme of our talk today, it was re-arising and renewal. And so um, when we sit down to practice, whether we're doing omani Pei Me Hong practice, or whether we're doing compassion practice, meditation practice, Tong Lin, or whether we're doing uh, quiet sitting, there's always that moment when we arise from our seat and go back to our everyday life. And uh, I hope that this morning will bring some refreshment to all of you and some renewal to your own minds and hearts. And uh, I look really, really look forward to working with all of you. I just can't wait. It's gonna be so much fun to do this part and to figure out how we can uh, be a welcoming and and positive force in our community, because I feel like we can do quite a bit for our community right here. Let's um, dedicate some merit, shall we? As we arise, Um, we'll recite the uh, prayers on dedication of merit in English, uh, starting with uh, by this merit. We'll gather together all of the goodness that we have accumulated in the past, we'll accumulate in the future, and are accumulating now, and we dedicate it all to the liberation and freedom of all beings from suffering. By this merit, may all attain omniscience. May it defeat the enemy wrongdoing from the stormy waves of birth, old age, sickness, and death, from the ocean of samsara, may I free all beings. The courageous Manjushri, who knows everything as it is, Samantabhadra, who also knows in the same way, and all the bodhisattvas that I may follow in their path, I completely dedicate all this virtue." Now uh, as we were instructed by Lama Tashi, uh, the final dedication is to sit quietly and look at the mind and rest in the mind that just dedicated merit. So just rest in the mind for just a moment as the ultimate dedication. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to the, thank you, sound people. Yeah, thank you. Have a good week. And uh, Lama Tom, you're teaching next week? Okay, so Lama Tom will be here teaching for the Dharma Talk next week. Look forward to seeing you.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's Dharma Talk. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. To learn more about the Columbus Karma Texam Choling or to donate to support our Dharma Talk series, please visit our website at columbusktc.org. The opening and closing music for the podcast is Tibetan Flute Song by Tamding Arts at tamdingarts.com. Please join us again next week for another Dharma Talk.